In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 160th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to call this one the Panthers are on the prowl with their new quarterback, Kyle Allen. They'll be hosting the Falcons on Sunday at 1 p.m. at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Before we uh, get into the Panthers, we're going to hear from Coach Quinn on Monday, uh, wrapping up the uh, victory over the Saints. We'll go to some Panthers offense, Panthers defense. Then we're going to discuss the Callan Kaepernick workout in Atlanta, what we know from the uh, league and from the Falcons and what's going on there. And then we'll do the stat breakdown for this game coming up here on Sunday. But let's hear from Coach Quinn on Monday. After the 26-9 victory, you know, we want to know now, hey, um, did you stumble on the winning formula? Not stumble on. They've been working hard. But did you arrive at, did you finally get to a winning formula, something that could be replicated moving forward, or was just things got aligned on one night, on one Sunday uh, afternoon in New Orleans? So, uh, But to move forward, they need to take what happened for them good out of that game and move forward. So we we want to find that out here from Coach Quinn on Monday. We wrote a little bit about it in the paper on uh, uh, Tuesday morning. But here's Coach Dan Quinn discussing that issue and a couple other things for us. It's been discussed on uh, play calling, but I think you guys have been on it for a few weeks and know there's been adjustments made uh, over the last few weeks. And it's not so uh, unfamiliar or, or uncommon that a team has collaboration. We're just fortunate that we're able to have guys that can do that. I don't want to get glossed over into this. Uh, this was the players, and they made uh, you know some excellent communication uh, and had a terrific performance. I don't think anyone should ever distract away from that. So with that, I'm glad to open up to questions and, uh, and get you guys some insight you know, regarding the follow-up from the game. Yeah, Coach, the formula, uh, you know, you talked last week, I think I wrote down turnovers, uh, communication and field position. Uh, is that something you all can, where you you only you didn't get any turnovers, but you did the other things very well. Yeah. Um, that's right. something you can replicate moving forward. Yeah, and I think what uh, Les referring to is how are we going to measure, you know, in this next four-game block that I've kind of, you know, set aside for us up to Thanksgiving night. Uh, could we improve our communication? Could we improve um, our field position? And we we're hoping to see some of those things come to life. And although we didn't win the turnover margin, uh, I did think we were bold, we were aggressive. Uh, the communication had improved. Uh, you know, there was a number of things I thought we did better. And so 
uh, way back just a few weeks ago is we want to start the second half of the season much like we finished the second half in Seattle and being aggressive and playing that way. And I thought we did a good start to that. And that's all it is, just a good start. But I was pleased to see the aggressiveness. I was pleased to see uh, you know the toughness that the team displayed. It was uh, you know some of the things we were wanting to measure. And in the run game, you had some diversity starting right from the beginning with the jet sweep or whatever y'all call it, and uh, you know the stretch plays and then uh, direct snap. Uh, how are you? Were you pleased with the run game and the diversity right. and in the run game? I think you guys uh, had probably noticed, uh, you know, some of their information. Uh, they've been an excellent team against the run, mm-hmm. and uh, when they're that cool. strong and stout inside, how do you get the ball out on the perimeter? One of the ways is to toss it. I think, you know, you see those. The other one, you saw a couple of flip plays where you fake an inside run and, and you go outside. And the third way would be to sweep the ball, you know, to a you know, receiver you know, who can get out on the edge quickly. And when you're playing a team that does such a good job interior, you have to find ways to get on the perimeter. Now, the other part that we were pleased with was we stayed consistent and we stayed with it, you know, to finish the runs. You know, the game with 34 runs, there may have been 17 or so in the first half, by a similar amount in the second half. But to stay consistent with that, I think, that helps in the pass game uh, and to win the time of possession, all those things factored in. And so for us, it was the best example of uh, all three days of staying connected. There's Coach Quinn uh, talking about the play calling there. We uh, Jeff Albrecht was calling first and second down. Raheem Morris was calling third. Uh you know, they, they've they been doing this for the last four games, but folks started to act like that was breaking news and really wasn't. Uh, so we just kind of cleared it up for everybody there. Uh, it might have been a switch there with uh, Jerome Henderson and Raheem, but obrick has been calling pretty much since Arizona. Uh, so that's what Coach Cohen was talking about, and he just wanted the players to get credit, not the coaches, for the win against the New Orleans Saints. Now on Sunday they'll be facing the uh, Carolina Panthers, who uh, are five and four, dropped two of their last three, lost a tough one up in uh, Lambeau Field on Sunday. Uh, they stalled on the uh, two yard line up there uh, against the Green Bay Packers in a snowstorm. <clears throat> but uh, Kyle Allen's taken over. He was the uh, quarterback. Uh, he came in last year against the Falcons when uh, to Heineke went down. Uh, Free agent, undrafted free agent from uh, he started at Texas Tech with Kyler Murray. They were both there. Uh, decided to transfer in his career at the University of Houston. Came out for the draft early in eighteen. Didn't get drafted. Probably should have stayed in school. But um, you know, six six four two ten. I looked up uh, height and weight for him. <clears throat> but so far, he's. Uh, Completed 144, 234 passes, 61.5% for 1,598 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 5 interceptions. A passer rating of 87.2. You know, he's pretty much managing stuff. He's got us, you know, he's got to get the ball to Christian McCaffrey, who is uh, on pace for 2,462 yards, which would be the second highest total yards from scrimmage ever. Chris Johnson had 2,005, uh, 2,509 yards in 2009 for the Titans. So McCaffrey's having quite a year, 185 carries for 989. If the Falcons uh, gets 11 yards, he'll be over 1,000 on the season through 10 games. And he has 11 touchdowns, uh, rushing touchdowns. Pass catching 48 passes for 
396 and three touchdowns. Uh, the receivers are coming along. Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore was drafted, uh, same draft with Calvin Ridley, uh, went ahead of Ridley. Uh, he's got 54 catches for 684 and one touchdown. Curtis Samuel has 34 for 442 and four touchdowns. Tight end Greg Olson, who was, uh, you know, Cam Newton's favorite target. He's got 35 catches for 429 and two touchdowns. So those are the main weapons for Allen and the Panthers. And, uh, you know, they've uh, been highly productive. And Christian McCaffrey, folks were doubting whether he's a three-down back. And uh, Coach Quinn kind of laughed that off on Mondays, like, hey, every down back for sure uh, with him. So that's the uh, Panthers' uh, offense wrap. You know, the line uh, won't bother with them right now, uh, but the main players are, are covered. Now, defensively, they're kind of a, a little bit bizarre operation over there. Of course, they got Luke Keekley. Uh Shaq Thompson's taking over the Thomas Davis role. Uh, but they have the uh, they lead the league in sacks with 36 sacks. Uh, Mario Addison is the leader with seven. Uh, Brian Burns, who's hurt, got off to a fast start. The rookie uh, had 4.5, but then he's trying to play with a broken hand, a recovered broken hand, and uh, they've kind of cut his snaps down. Butler's got four. Bruce Irvin, former Falcon, 3.5. Don Terry Poe, three sacks. Shaq Thompson, three. Former Tampa Bay Buck, Gerald McCoy with three. And they'll bring old safety Ed Reed on the blitz. He's got three. So it's 36 sacks uh, from the the uh, Panthers rushing uh, their pass defense. But ironically, you shouldn't have to pass because uh, they're giving up 130, uh, 136.7 yards per carry. Uh, in the run game, and, uh, you know, that is 29th in the league, 29th in the league for uh, for their run game. So the Falcons are 29th rushing the ball, and the, um, the Panthers are 29th giving up that 136-7. Now, I'm kind of got a little breaking news later, uh, earlier today. Came across uh, uh, into the email box. We posted it online that Colin Kaepernick, the uh, former 49ers quarterback, will be working out at the Falcons facilities on Saturday in a, a workout arranged by the league. Several teams have inquired about his readiness to resume his career and uh you know, his willingness to re- resume his career. I'm thinking as part of the interviews, they, they're going to want to know, um, will he's, is he going to continue to kneel and protest the uh, social and racial, racial injustices and uh, uh, the police brutality, which he was trying to bring attention to, didn't have uh, anything to do about the flag, but uh, that was the means of the protest. So uh, I'm sure the teams want to know where he's at with that and, uh, you know, want to see if he can play still. Certainly uh, uh, didn't look up his age, but I know he had lost some weight. We saw him that last season out in San Francisco where they actually had Blaine Gabbert playing uh, ahead of him. So that was uh, the 2016 season was his last season he played. 
uh, opted out of his contract with San Francisco on March the 3rd, 2017. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, doesn't look, you know, uh, the league's trying to help uh, itself. You know, looks like he's been blackballed since kneeling during the anthem. But they arranged this workout, and it'll be available for all the teams to and record it for, to send to all of the teams and all of the teams that can make it uh, have been invited to attend. Sure, um, you know the flowery branch made sense. A lot of people can fly in here pretty quickly and uh, get up there to flowery branch to see the workout. Now, lastly, here let's look at the stat breakdown. Uh, I don't think I, I wrote the, the 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 rush number down right, but I did see it uh, uh, in the paper right. But the Falcons, it, it's a, there are a couple of things that jump out here. The turnover differential is one we've seen that we're seeing that a lot. Uh, Falcons are minus twelve, Panthers are plus four. That's a twenty-two uh, space gap. Uh, from tied for eighth and then tied for thirtieth, so uh, turnovers could be you know key if they're in their favor. Falcons didn't turn it over against um, or didn't get any turnovers against the Saints. They had the one uh, shot play turnover uh, to Marcus Williams that um, on an interception to Matt Ryan. So the turnovers will be um, one clearly. Now let's look at the Falcons' uh, offense against the. Uh, Against the Carolina defense, the Falcons have the uh, number two passing attack uh, in the league and going up against the 11th uh, pass rated defense. The the, uh, Falcons have the 29th rated uh, rush offense going against the 29th rated rush defense. So that should be a battle. They should be able to run the ball uh, there against the uh, Panthers. So... Last week, their 143 yards was a max. Now, Brian Hill's going to probably get the start here. And last year, he had the eight game, eight carries for 115 yards against the uh, against the Panthers in that 24 to 10 win up there. So, running the ball should work. Passing the ball, uh, that's that's going to be strength on strength, and uh, run game's going to be weakness on weakness for both teams there. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, that's just how the Falcons offense will stack up against Luke Keekley and the boys. The uh, James Bradbury didn't play in Green Bay. They had some struggles in the secondary, too, last week. So the weakness of the Panthers' defense is that secondary. It's been that way for years. And uh, the front seven has been pretty strong, and they, they are strong again this year. So um, it'll be a battle up front again, but the Falcons should have an advantage. Well, it's strength on strength in a pass game against their pass defense and their pass rush, but then weakness on weakness, the Falcons' the running game against their run defense, which has been pretty poor uh, thus far this season. Now let's uh, flip that and go to the Panthers' offense against the Falcons' defense. A uh, couple things there. Uh, they're averaging 25 points a game, which is tied for 11. The Falcons are giving up 28.8, just 27th in the uh, in the league. The 
Panthers total offense, they average 346.6, and the Falcons give up 371.8. That uh, is 21st and 22nd, so should be right around in that 350 range yardage-wise. Now, rush, the Falcons' rush defense is ranked 20th, and the Panthers' rush offense is ranked 7th. So, you know, stopping McCaffrey's going to be key uh, in in this game here. That's a uh, pretty um, – that's that's over uh, 10 spots. It's a 13-spot uh, drop-off from the 7th-rated rush offense to the 20th rush defense. So that'll be advantage Carolina in the run game. Falcons going to win. They're going to have to contain um, Christian McCaffrey. So the pass offense, you can see he's a manager. He's only getting uh, 215 yards a game, 215.1, which is 23rd in the league, and the Falcons are giving up 260.8. So, um, you know, that that looks like a pretty, you know, doable matchup. You know, the key to the game will be stopping McCaffrey, making uh, uh, Allen beat you with some throws. One thing that uh, Coach Quinn noted about the Panthers is that, that uh, D.J. Moore and Curtis Samuel give them uh, some speed presence that they hadn't had. So, you know, if you want to, you know, gang up on Christian uh, McCaffrey and, you know, they're going, you might be susceptible to a play-action uh, deal hitting on one of those speedsters up the field off of some play action. So, and then, of course, Olsen will be there to, you know, handle the things over the middle and the third downs and so forth. So, that'll be key against the uh, Carolina Panthers, stopping McCaffrey, and then being able to run the ball on their uh, 29th-ranked run defense. And uh, if it turns into a passing uh, situation, they have the most sacks in the league, and you don't want to see that get rolling on you downhill on the road where they have so many uh, guys that come from so many different places in the defense to get the sacks. So that's really hard. It's no, you know, you can't just pair for Addison because Bruce Irvin will get going. Uh, you know, you can't just prepare for. Uh, for that, because they they'll bring Eric Eric Reed on the safety blitz. So, you know the Panthers are five and four. They're trying to stay in the playoff hunt. Falcons are just trying to get a pulse here and try to get two games in a row. Uh, you know, been a tough first half of the season. They came out strong against the Saints and got a W. Now we'll see if that was a fluke or if they are the real deal here going to Charlotte. With that, we're going to close here. 160th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Will they go to Charlotte and tame the Panthers this week? Just like they tamed the Saints down there in New Orleans. Time will tell. Take care and have a great rest of the week. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. 
the celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.